Thanks for joining us on the Father's House Podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online simply by going to thefathershouse.com. We'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week. Now, let's go to this week's message. Well, do you have your Bible, your iPhone, your eyeballs? Let's lift them up and let's make this confession today. Let's say it. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. It is life to me. Today I receive the Word. I confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I am obedient. And I will never be the same again in Jesus' name. Father, we come to you and we thank you so much. Thank you for allowing us to worship you. I just felt like we just had a touch of what heaven's going to be like a few minutes ago. And we just thank you. And now, Lord, as we come to your word, Holy Spirit, I ask you to do what I can't do. Holy Spirit, you can take the words, mere words, and apply them to heart. Just as someone said today, it just felt like you spoke, you were speaking right to me. And that's what you do, Holy Spirit. So I ask you to guard my heart today. Guard my lit words. Let me say everything you want me to say. Don't let me say anything I shouldn't say. And we're going to give you all the glory in your name, Jesus. Amen. Hey, we've been in a series talking about making a difference with our life. And we said, really, it all starts with our thoughts. And we said our thoughts um, become our words. Our words become our actions. Our actions become our habits. And our habits become our character. And our character then makes a difference. We can never make a difference unless we live in that order. So we've been talking about words. We've been talking about thoughts. And today I want to talk about habits. Say habits. You ever known anyone had weird habits? I started compiling some weird habits this week I heard from people. Here's one. After I blow my nose, I look in the tissue just because. I lick the flavor off the potato chips before I eat them. I cut my toenails and then sniff them. When I eat food, I eat them in the order of least liked. That way I keep what I like and taste it at the last. Somebody said, I can't go to sleep without flipping my pillow to the cold side first. I can understand that. Someone said, every time I get in the car, I look in the back seat, make sure I don't get mugged. Someone said, if I sneeze, somebody sneezes around me, I hold my breath for 15 seconds while the germs dispense from the air. In your notes, I give you a little definition of what I think a habit is. A habit is a daily routine or a behavior that is repeated to the point that it's almost unrecognizable to ourselves. We do it so many times, and habits are not all bad. We have good habits, right? A, a, a good habits at work in our life. But habits are things that we do without even thinking about. They are routines that we, that we do. When you get up in the morning in the alarm, you don't have to say to your feet, okay, now let's try this. One foot, good job. Next foot, good job. No, you get out of bed. Now, you may wobble. You know, you ever seen wobblers who walk? They just sort of wobble when they walk. Wobble weebles, whatever, I don't know. Maybe you take big steps, short steps. But it's, it's a habit. It's a habit. You ever think about how you brush your teeth? Do you start on the left side or the right side? You know, it's, it's all a habit. There are a lot of things that we do that is a habit in life. 
There's uh, three books I want to recommend to you, and I really would recommend these as good. I did some read some of these for research, and one is uh, Compound Effect of Habits by Daryl Hardy. By Daryl Hardy, you can take a screenshot of those if you want. Another is A Power of a Habit by Charles Durig. And another is Atomic Habits by James Clear. Those are really, really, really good books. Here's what I know about habits. At first, we have to work to form a habit. But in time, our habits form us. Isn't that true? We have to, we have to work at forming a habit, but after a while, our habits form us. Now, I'm not a great golfer. You know, I shoot my age for the first nine. But I remember um, going to a teacher, and he said, you're holding your grip wrong. I said, no. He said, hold it like this. I said, no, that, that feels uncomfortable. He said, the reason it feels uncomfortable is you've been swinging wrong all these years. So let's change it. No, I don't want to change it. Do you want to get better? Yes. Then let's change it. And, and so at first, it was hard to change. But then after a while, now when I pick up the, 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 the club, you know, I pick it up from the shiny end, and uh, I use it from the shiny end, and that really helps, all right? Some of you didn't grab that, but anyway. Charles Durig, in the book, The Power of a Habit, subtitled, Why We Do What We Do in Life and Business, he studied the science of the behavior of our habits for years. And his premise is this in his book, listen to this, our entire lives can be summed up by our habits. Those things we do constantly, day in and day out, from brushing our teeth, to the places we shop, to the way that we eat sleep, work, and play, our habits define us. Good habits done over a long period of time have incredible results. Bad habits, even little ones done over a long period of time, have the power to destroy us. So do you understand today? I'm not saying that habits are wrong. We've got to have habits. God gave habits to the people in the Old Testament that we need to develop. But I'm saying, and it's never the big thing. People say, well, I, I want to know that one big thing that's going to get me healthy. I, I want to know that one class, that one book, that one drug that I can make that will get me healthy. No, it's the little things that we do that are the right things faithfully and consistently over a long period of time that begins seeing results. Uh, James Clear, in his book, Atomic Habits, subtitled An Easy Way and Proven Way to Build Good Habits and Break Bad Ones, says this, every action you take is a vote for the type of person that you want to become. Every action you take is a vote for the kind of person that you want to become. No single instance will transform your life. But as the votes build up, so does the evidence of a new identity. Here's the key thought that we've said over and over in this series for the last three weeks. And if you've missed any, I hope you go back and listen to them. Here it is. It's often the small things, say it with me, it's often the small things done faithfully that no one sees that result in the big things that everyone wants. Isn't that true? Oh, I want a great marriage. How did you have such a great marriage? Well, I get up every day, pray with my wife, tell her I love her. And what else do you do? Uh, well, I do that every day, consistent and faithful. 
I tell her every day before we go to bed at night, even though we've had a disagreement. Uh, those words, uh, I love you. And, and, we, and we kiss. It's the little things. After all these years, it's the little things. People say, man, I just I want to be healthy. I wish I, wish, I, wish I had a body like um, whoever, uh, Pastor Tim. You know, he just, he just, why are they laughing, Tim? That, that wasn't a cut. That was for true. But here's what I know about Pastor Tim. He eats healthy. He takes vitamins. He goes to the gym. And his wife cooks him good, healthy meals. And, and those. So it's the little things over and over and over. How does AJ have the influence that he has with students? It's the little things that he's invested with them over and over and over. It's habits. And in the Old Testament, the Lord gave habits to his people. We all need good habits. So here's one habit he gave them. Twice a day, they were to recite the scripture. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. They would do that in the morning. And they would do that of the evening. And then monthly, they would bring the tithe, the first fruits, to remind themselves they were walking by faith. And then they would make a sacrifice. Every time they sinned, something had to die to pay for that sin. Sin, sacrifice. Sin, sacrifice. It was a habit. If I sin, there's got to be a sacrifice. If I sin, there's got to be a sacrifice. And so it was a, it was a habit that they had to get into their mind. If I sin, I can't let it slide, but I have to deal with that. And then there were three festivals, three times a year. They had to go up to Jerusalem and celebrate. So it's habits, habits, habits. Every year, doing the same thing. And then, every, every Sabbath, they would keep the Sabbath. Last year, when we went to the Holy Land, in the hotel where we stayed, uh, there's what you call uh, the Sabbath elevator. The Sabbath elevator is an elevator that stops on every floor on the Sabbath because uh, the Jewish people that came in uh, to push the button would be work. Well, we would find the Gentile elevator that you could push the button. And guess what? Some of those Jews would come over to the Gentile elevator and say, would you push floor seven for me? I can get there a lot quicker if you do it like that. Habits, habits, habits. In the New Testament... Our relationship with the Lord is called a walk with the Lord. The Greek word is peripato, peripato, which means a repeated action. So my walk with the Lord is a repeated action of small habits that make a big difference in my life over a period of time. And not only that, but then he gave us the habit of spending the first time of the day in prayer and in the word coming to church the first day of the week and returning the tithe unto the Lord. Romans 12 and 1, in your notes, would you read this with me out loud? Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern. Pause there, underline that. Guess what that word pattern is? Habits. Habits. Do not conform to the habits of this world. The habits of this world produce death, debt, divorce, bondage, depression. So he said, I don't want you to conform. I don't want you to conform. And so then we say, well, how am I going to change? Look at what he says. Be transformed by the what? 
the renewing of your mind. Not somebody laying their hands on you. Not going to a big concert somewhere, a big revival. But he said, I want you to renew your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, good and pleasing. Do you see that? There's a correlation between the habits in my life and my mind. And my mind. What uh, they found medically is that when we do something that brings a little bit of a feel-good or a thrill or sometimes a big feel-good, our brain gives us a shot of dopamine. It's a natural thing, dopamine. It's a, uh, it's, it's a drug induced that comes, same one that people, when they take drugs, some of those same feelings they get. So when I do something that makes me feel good or gives me a kick, it shoots some dopamine. For instance, some of you are in the habit, the first thing you wake up in the morning is you don't pray, you don't read your word, but you grab for your iPhone or your Android, whatever you have, and you look at the post that you made before you went to bed. And if somebody has liked that, you say, oh, look, I've got three likes. Immediately, your brain gives you a shot of dopamine because that's something that, that, that you really love. So what happens after a period of time, you begin cutting a channel cutting a channel that's called a neuropathway in your brain because that makes you feel good. Or you feel lonely and your marriage is not going so great, so you find a secret place and you log on to pornography and you watch something and it gives you a shot of dopamine. It makes you feel good. So now when you're lonely, when you're depressed, the second time it's much easier to go back because you already have a rut that's starting there. Or maybe you've had a bad day. I mean, it's been a frustrating day. Everything has gone wrong. And you pass by Donut King. And instead of getting one, you get a dozen cream-filled, chocolate-layered donuts. And you get away and you eat them all by yourself. And you get a shot of dopamine as well as a bellyache. Right? So food becomes that go-to for us. It becomes to that place that we, can re- that we run to that gives us a shot of dopamine. It, there's really a real reason that that happens in your life. Or you maybe feel overwhelmed and you turn to alcohol, you turn to drugs, you get a shot of dopamine. Now what happens is uh, the, the scientists and the doctors say these actions begin to create pathways, neuropathways in the brain every time I do them. When I was a kid growing up, lived on a country road and we had to go through a creek to get to our house before they graveled the road. Uh, and then they brought in blacktop and asphalt and all that. And so when you would come to that creek, it was quite a way across there, and when it would be a rainy season, you had to look. My dad told me at an early age, he said, son, when you get ready to cross the creek, you got to make sure you choose your ruts, ruts that are going to the other side, because if you don't choose your ruts right, you get in the middle of the creek, and you get stuck. You won't make it. Saw a sign this week, or somebody said, choose your ruts well. You'll be in it for the next 20 miles. I say to you today, choose your ruts well, for you'll be in it for the rest of your life unless you learn how to change those roots. So what happens is, what happens is, I do this habit, I do this habit, and it could be, it could be a good habit. It could be reading the Word, and I get a shot of dopamine and say, well, I'm being obedient to the Lord. But whatever it is, I begin, it begins to cut a... A, 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 a channel in my mind. And so when I get to the place 
that no longer am I making the choice to do that, but now I can't not do that. That's my default. That's why people say, oh, man, I, I want to change. I'm praying. And they come down here and uh, lay hands on me, pray for me that I can get rid of this, that I can do that. Listen, first you choose the action. And now you can't do anything but continue to repeat that action. Here's what I know. Choices that we make. Don't remain soft. They don't remain soft. They become hard like this chain. My first time of choosing, going to a site that I shouldn't go or something else, it, it may have been a little flexible that I could have made a choice. But after I repeat that over and over and over and over, it's the channel that I fall in when that trigger hits me at that time. And the devil will tell you, Oh, that's okay. It's all right. You can pray and you can get over it. No issue, no problem. But you see what he wants? He wants that negative habit. He wants that negative habit to chain you up. And so what happens is, over a period of time, those chains now hold you back. It's like this. Maybe you hear a teaching, or the Lord passes by, and you say, man, I want to get my life right. I want to serve God. And so you try to go towards him, and the chains pull you back. And so again, we, we pray, we feel guilty, we cry, Lord, deliver me. I don't want to do this. I don't want to keep doing this. And we try to pull away and we've let that chain, we've let that habit become a chain, a choice in our life. It becomes a stronghold, a prison that holds us back. And in our heart, we really want to do right. But as we try to move, it keeps pulling us back. That's why Paul said he understands that. This is what Paul said. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. And he said, I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I, I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But I, if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing wrong. It's the sin. It's the stronghold. It's the habit that's holding me back. It's the rut that I'm in that I fall into over and over and over. And then he goes on to say, oh, what a miserable person I am. That's what you said to your week, yourself this week. What a miserable person I am. Why can't I break this? Why can't I get over this addiction? Why can't I handle the food? Why can't I handle this pornography? Why can't I handle this depression? And he says, oh, who can free me from this life that is dominated by sin? Who's going to set me free? And then he says this, oh, thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Here's what I know. Here's the step. I'm pulling against that. I can't get set free, but here's what I know. Those that surrender their heart to the Lord, those that the Son sets free, is free indeed. And free indeed. And the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that's working in me and in you so that we can get free. 
But after we're free, we've got to develop some new habits. Because if we don't, next week you're going to be back in the same valley. It's that thing, feeling guilty, ask forgiveness, pray, tempted, give in, feel guilty, ask freedom. And we think, what's wrong with me? Am I not saved? Am I not a believer? Sure you are. But there's a channel in your mind that's been built up, some of you, for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. So here's what we have to do. We have to say, you know what? I'm going to start. I'm going to start chaining my thoughts to the truth of God's Word. And I'm going to replace every lie that the enemy, when the enemy comes and he gives me a lie, I'm going to take it captive to the obedience of what the Word says. And then when the devil passes by, says, come on, big boy, come on. I start to move and I can't because that new habit pulls me back. Another temptation. And I can't because that new habit pulls me back. And he leads me into victory. If you believe that, say amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Choices become chains, but we can choose our chains. I'm going to choose the chain to chain to his holy habits. Charles Durig says, change may not be fast. It isn't always easy, but the time and effort, almost any habit can be reshaped. So let me give you some holy habits. Say holy habits. Spend time daily in God's word. Spend time daily with God and in his word. From this holy habit, you'll find strength in every other area of your life. The enemy doesn't have to destroy you. He just needs to distract you. Spend so much time on your phone or your computer and no time in the Word. The second thing is we need to prioritize gathering with other believers every week. A recent study from a professor, uh, Tyler J. Vanderweel from a Harvard School of Public Health, has found that, listen to this, Married couples who regularly attend religious services together are 47% less likely to get divorced than couples that don't attend church faithfully. A study also says that links church attendance to lower rates of depression and suicide. Hebrews 10 and 25, read it with me. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing because we need each other. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate the day dawning. He says, not coming to church is a habit. You know that. People say, I say, man, I've been missing you at church. I know. We just got out of the habit. Which means that it's something I can change. But if I keep going down that way, I keep cutting a channel in my mind that it's easier for me to stay home than it is to come to church. Somebody said to me, you know, Terry, I don't know about this church attendance thing, you know. I come once or twice a month. And to be honest with you, your sermons are so forgetful. I don't even remember your sermons. I don't even remember the songs. I said, well, be encouraged. I don't remember them all either. I was sitting the other day thinking, now, what was it I taught last week? I'm trying to remember that. And, and it was, but, you know, here's what I know. I don't know the last 10 meals I ate. 
But I know that the combination of all of those together, faithfully nourishing my body, has made it available that I'm here today. So you see, whether you, rec why you remember them, when you remember the song or whatever, your faithfulness of being here and my forgetful teachings are making something changing in your life, and it's helping you grow and be nourished in the Lord. So... Uh, several weeks ago, we said for this year, starting out to make a difference, we're not going to do New Year's resolutions. We're going to choose one what? One word, remember? One word that we want to drive our life for the rest of this year. Then the second week, we said we want one thought. One thought that you could have over and over and over that will help you focus on the desired change from that one word. And then last week, we said we want to have one statement. One statement that you'll say again and again and again that will drive you and direct your year. And today we want to add one last thing to that. What is one habit? One habit that you can add to your life now that will help you, that will lead you toward what you ultimately want. What's one thing? Maybe your word was uh, something to do with your marriage, love, commitment. And you say, you know, I want to I have a great marriage, and I'm going to do everything I can have a great marriage. So what's one habit? Pray and ask God what it is. Maybe it's this. You eat together at the table without your phones. Maybe it's you have a date night. You say, oh, we can't afford a date night. And divorce lawyers are cheaper? Get away with your spouse, away from the kids. Join a life group. Because in a life group, you're going to sit around with other people that are doing life just like you. And you know what they'll say? I had a stinky life, not wife, stinky life this week. But I showed up for life group. And somebody else will say, you know what? I had a sorry week too. But it's going to get better because we're here. We've got each other's back. We're going to be able to do this. What about your finances? Maybe you need to set up a budget. Maybe to figure out where your money is going. Maybe you need to attend one of our life group classes that will help you in that. What about pornography? Maybe you need to get a free app that you can get on your phone that will monitor your phone, your computer, everything you go. I have it on my phone. And as soon as if I were to ever go to a site that I shouldn't go to, it alerts this lady sitting on the front row that knows jujitsu, karate, and throat punches. And it also goes to Pastor Kevin, who already told me if I ever mess up, he's going to shoot me. <laughs> you say, are you that weak? Yep. Could be, if I get in the right situation. But I'm not going to give place for the devil. Maybe you say, you know what, it's my health. It's, it's my health. I, I need to do something about my health. Yeah. Well, hire a trainer, right? Go to the gym. Clean the Twinkies out of your cabinet the potato chips. How are you going to change if you're doing the same thing you've always done? You know what I'm hearing from people after this 21-day fast? I'm hearing a lot of people say, you know what? I survived as a vegetarian, and I'm going to continue doing that. My mind is clear. There are a lot of athletes today are going in that direction. I, I'm not endorsing that either way. I'll probably have a good steak sometime in my life and a good burger, all right? So don't write me off. It's bad. I'll even have a donut every once in a while in life, so don't write me off as bad, okay? Hang in there. Whatever you start, you need to hang in there until you get to the payoff. 
What, what a lot of times is we start saying, okay, honey, we're going to start praying together every morning. I want to hold your hand. Look, you don't have to pray long, 30 seconds. Thank you, Lord, for my spouse. Help me to treat them right. We need you. That's a powerful prayer. And then you look at them in the eye and say, just want you to know, I still love you. I love you more today than I did when we first were married. And then about a week into that, you'll think, does this really matter? She's sleeping in and I'm up. I got a lot of stuff to do. So, you know, I'll, I'll catch up tomorrow. And then tomorrow, well, I'll catch up on the next day. And so then you repeat the vicious cycle and nothing has changed in your life. Or maybe you say, you know what? I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to go. And so you go Monday. You hire a trainer, hire Al or some of the others. You go to Infinity Fitness. And, and uh, so you're there. And then you show up Tuesday with us when we work out. And uh, you're a little sore. But then you say, I'm going to make it. I'm going to come back. Because I'm not, I want to live longer. So you show up on Wednesday. And uh, you go home. And Thursday, the alarm goes off. And you think, oh, what's wrong with my shoulder? It's those crazy things that he had me to do like this. It's all his fault. So if, if it was really God, it wouldn't be painful. <laughs> so what do we do? We say, oh, it's a little cold outside. Yeah, where we were last week, uh, locked away with the Lord, it was 14 degrees in the morning, so don't talk about cold. It's a little cold, so I, I, don't think, I, I don't think I can get up this morning, but I'll go tomorrow, tomorrow, and it never comes. And we miss the payoff. Other people who started the same time you did now are healthy. Their brain is clear. They're able to serve the Lord with more strength. But you missed it because you gave up. And I, in 1 Kings chapter 18, there's a really interesting story that I love. And it's the story of Elijah on the top of Mount Carmel. Remember that story? And uh, he took on the prophets of Baal, uh, and he challenged them. Uh, as he challenged them, then he had victory. And then he told his servant, he said, as Elijah is praying, he said, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. That's sort of what I feel prophetically this morning. I hear the sound of an abundance of a quenching rain getting ready to come into somebody's life. I hear the sound. I may not see the evidence. You've been fasting for 21 days. You may not see the immediate evidence, but there's a sound. Isn't there a sound? There's a sound that you're saying, this fast wasn't like any other fast. This was different. So he says to his servant, go look on the top of the mountain, see if you see anything. He goes, oh, it's clear, sunny. No, Elijah, nothing up there. What you're hearing must not be something's going to happen. And he says, go again. So he goes, I can't believe that old man. What's wrong with him? Maybe he just sent me a twice. I just was there just a minute ago. Nothing, nothing. Elijah, there's nothing. Well, go again. Go again. What does he think? Me going, I'm going to start something. I can't believe this. I, so he goes and four times, five times, six times. And on the seventh time, he sees a cloud. Remember the story? Size of the man's hand. Comes back and he said, I don't know if this means anything, but I saw a cloud the size of a man's hand. 
Elijah says, oh, I've heard the sound of rain. Now I've seen a little bit of the breakthrough that's coming. Breakthrough is coming. Breakthrough is coming. So he says, you better tell Ahab to get in his chariot and get back to Jezreel because it's going to rain. Now here's what, here's what the servant didn't understand. Between the promise and the payoff, there's a process. Before the promise of being a, a person that uh, you can be all that God wants you to be, and to get to that, there's a process. The process was a habit. Going and looking, going and looking, going and looking. I don't know where you are in the process, but I'm saying don't give up on the process of developing a great marriage, a great Christian life, walking in freedom. Because, you see, in the process, the outside is not changing, but here's what's changing. I'm changing. I'm changing so that when God gets ready to pour on the rain on my life, I'm in the place that I can receive that and I move forward in his strength and in his power. Our thoughts become our words. Our words become our actions. Our actions become our habits. Our habits become who we are. Who are you? Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for your near presence, Lord. Oh, man, Lord, we feel you. And I hear the sound of abundance of rain. And Lord, I pray today that you will help us to, to find out one habit, one good habit that we can begin doing right now that will lead us to the harvest of what we want and what you want for our life every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you say, you know what, Terry? There's some real negative habits in my life. Maybe even not horrible habits, but just habits that I would like to break. Would you raise your hand and let me pray for you today? Thank you. Hands going up all over today. Thank you. Thoughts, actions, attitudes. God sees your hand and I want to pray for you because I believe God can help us. Can you imagine what would happen can you imagine what would happen if we come to the other side of that in the payoff? I want to get to the payoff. I want to get to the payoff. I want to get to the payoff. There was a time in our marriage, we had to go to marriage counseling several years ago. We sat with Dwight, and he said to me, well, how would you rate your marriage? I said, probably a seven. He said to Anita, how would you rate the marriage? She said, a three. I about passed out. Because that's usually how it is. We guys sort of overlook things. But I decided right then and there that I wouldn't leave it there. I asked her the other day what it is, and we were with some people, and she said, mm, maybe an eight or nine. It's not perfect yet. I mean, who has a perfect one? But you see, it didn't happen overnight. But it was little excruciating things, sitting on the stupid counselor's sofa, and he asking me stupid questions and asking me to make stupid assignments. But those little things made a big difference. And I'm so glad for the payoff. I'm so glad to know that I can look at my wife and I know that she loves me. And she can look at me and know that I love her. Don't miss the payoff. Don't miss that payoff. Maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, Terry? I need to invite Jesus into my heart and into my life. I'm not even a believer today. And I want to invite him into my heart. I just feel drawn to him. You see, 
We can't turn over a new leaf and do better. It's that we receive the Jesus payment for our sins. He came to this world. He died on the cross for your sins and my sins. And he said, whosoever believes in him, we wouldn't perish, but we'd have everlasting life. So before we leave today, if that's you and you say, Terry, I need to make a decision today to surrender my life to Jesus. Would you raise your hand and make eye contact with me today? I want to pray with you. I want to believe with you today in this life. Maybe it's rededicating your life. You say, you know what? I've kind of gone away from him, but I want to get back and rededicate my life to him. Those of you that are watching online, you can raise your hand right where you're sitting, and I'm going to pray for you. Thank you over here. Others today, thank you, ma'am, over here. Others today, thank you, sir. Others today, just lift your hand. Say, yeah, that's me. That's me, Terry. Today's that day I want to pray this prayer. Listen, let's pray this prayer. Thank you. Let's pray this prayer together. Nobody needs to pray this prayer alone. Father God, thank you today for loving me, for caring for me. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and to come into my life in your name, Jesus. Fill me with your spirit as best as I know how. I want to serve you all the days of my life. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life. And we'd love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps are in your relationship with Jesus, all you have to do is go to thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.